Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Thanks for listening to A Minor Detail, brought to you by a AMinorDetail.com. My name is Ryan Miner, and uh, just waiting for my co-host, Eric Beasley, to jump on the line, but we'll get the show kicked off. Boy, it was an interesting week in politics, in Washington County. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was wild to say the least. I've I've not seen a week so involved with Board of Education stuff than this past week. And it all started last Monday with uh with Karen Harshman. Of course, Karen Harshman is once again back in the news uh for uh well, let me just I'll just start on Karen Harshman's personal pa- Facebook page last week. Mrs. Harshman, who was first elected in 2010 as a Board of Education member, um, re-elected in 2014, um, she, here she is uh, on Facebook saying that there's teachers in the school system who are sexual predators, preying on students, uh, said that there was an active threat and went on to insinuate that one of her board colleagues, and we'll get to that in a moment, is a sexual predator. Okay. <laughs> when a board of education member takes to Facebook and accuses teachers in the school system of having inappropriate sexual relationships with students and then goes on to claim that her board colleague, her board colleague is a sexual predator – then you have a serious problem. This is not a conversation that should be had over Facebook. And Karen Harshman, as inept as she is, clearly doesn't understand the consequences. So her, the people that follow Karen Harshman were, I guess, justifiably outraged when they were um, yeah, carrying on this Facebook thread. But here's the bigger question. Why the hell did Karen Harshman – why didn't she – Report this information. Now, this is yeah. She's she's t- saying that there's an active sexual predator in Washington County public schools, and yet she doesn't report it. So here is a board of education member who is bound by contract that she's an employee of the school system. She's required by law by policy to say something immediately. So this goes on, and these accusations fly, and Harshman uh, on Tuesday, you know, you have they had the board meeting uh, last Tuesday, and she says nothing, and her board member comments, and all of a sudden, uh, you have <laughs> here comes uh, Justin Hardings uh, in this unbelievably, um, I would just I would call it a soliloquy. And he, he talks about Karen Harshman's irresponsible comments, and this was about 10 minutes, and this was reserved for the, um, the very end portion of the Board of Education meeting. And so you, know, you, you have Justin Hardings calling one of his colleagues out, something that I've never seen before, um, ensuring that students were safe, that her comments and allegations are reprehensible, they're irresponsible. And so it moves on that um, after the meeting, Dr. Clayton Wilcox apparently asked Mrs. Harshman – this is Dr. Wilcox. For those of you who are listening, is Washington County Public Schools superintendent, and he asked her politely, I assume, that to please provide the names of the teachers and the active threats in the school system. So she refused. She said, I'm not going to give you these these names. And so I apparently Clayton asked again and she refused. And, and that, that's just, that, that to me says a lot. And apparently she asked for a list of names, which I don't quite understand why. So let me try to understand this. Karen Harshman, (laughs) Karen Harshman asks, claims that there are teachers in the school system, but she won't give it – she won't hand over the names or provide any information to the superintendent of Washington County Public Schools whose sole responsibility 
is to ensure the day-to-day safety of students, teachers, administrators, and anybody who works in the school system. So why wouldn't Karen Harshman provide the names of these students? So Clayton, in the role that he has, he has to act swiftly. And this happened on a Tuesday night, and I guess it was discovered immediately. I guess it was discovered then that you know this, this had occurred, and she wouldn't give any names, and she left the building apparently, and Clayton told her, look, you know, you have to, you have to give me these names or I'm going to send a sheriff's deputy to your house. And the deputy came. The Washington County sheriffs investigated her, and Karen Harshman reportedly – and I'm basing this off of what I read in the Herald Mail, uh, Hagerstown's local newspaper, that she provided names, and one of the one of those names was one of her fellow board colleagues, Jackie Fisher. Jackie Fisher has been a board of education member. I think her first term started in 2002 to 2006, and then she left the board and then got back on in 2010 and reelected in 2014. And so I, I you know, it, it's just I, I, I'm shocked. And so here's here's what happened. And let me give you the, the gist and lowdown on what this story is all about. And I'll, so, you know, Harshman, she gives the names to the, 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 the local police. And after that, they investigate. They you know, rightly so. You know, they, they contact uh, Clayton Wilcox. And they find out what's going on. And they they did an exhaustive search, spent, I, I'm assuming, thousands of dollars in taxpayer resources, cumulative hours uh, of staff time to investigate these allegations that a teacher, active teachers in the school system are apparently jeopardizing the safety of students all because of what Karen Harshman said on social media and then subsequently failed to report said allegations. So it's interesting. You know, that's, that's a serious problem, ladies and gentlemen. That's a serious problem. And so what Karen Harshman was doing was using her social media, as she typically does, um, to write passive-aggressive insinuations against her board colleagues – most notably now, Jackie Fisher, Donna Brightman, Wayne Ridenour, and Justin Hardings. And we discovered that Karen Harshman is just a fundamentally indecent person. She has no record of accomplishment. She's been an ongoing disaster for the last year. She's had a public meltdown. When I spoke before the board on November 17th of last year, she literally got up and walked out of the room and stomped out and said, I'm not listening to this. And the room was full of BISFA students because, of course, Karen Harshman claimed that she wouldn't walk from one block to the next in downtown Hagerstown. She feels inherently unsafe and how terrible downtown Hagerstown is. And look, we know that downtown Hagerstown has some issues and has some safety concerns. It's a major city in the state of Maryland. I, I might be wrong, but I think it's the sixth largest city. But, you know, Karen Harshman has just has a – you know, then – she refused to talk to Mayor David Geisbergs, and it's just been an ongoing – she has diarrhea of the mouth, and it's not the good kind. But then again, it's never the good guy. Uh, so Karen Harshman has proven herself to be just an – in. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just sort of out of words because I've never seen anything like this. Anyway, I want to go back to what happened. So on Wednesday, um, Mrs. Harshman – is is still on Facebook. And by the way, the Herald Mail wrote a pretty damning article about the situation. And the commenters under the Herald Mail Facebook page, and you know, whenever you post a public issue like this, and with and especially given the extra layer of sensitivity, um, and uh, it, it, it's a it's a people are not necessarily going to be <laughs> overly overly friendly so they really took her to task they really took karen to task on social media and none of the comments were positive none of them none of them were supportive none of the facebook comments 
said, oh, way to go, Karen. You know, you really did a great service by not stepping up and doing your duty as a former teacher and a uh, as a in a form, you know, a current board of education member. Nobody patted her on the back and said, wow, way to go. Good job. No, they ripped her to shreds. You have to go back and read it on Harold Mail's Facebook feed. So Karen Harshman starts responding to these comments, which is a mistake. When you're in crisis, you don't go out and respond on Facebook. You make a statement. You can say that I was wrong, and then you move on. But what she did was turn the school system upside down for a few days, and it's still ongoing. And I guess the names of the teachers for whom she gave to the authorities – I mean, think about that. You get a call from the superintendent or your principal the next day. You're, you're a teacher in the school system for 10, 20 years, and all of a sudden you get a call or a, your principal or an administrator walks in to your classroom following the Tuesday board meeting on Wednesday morning, yanks you out of the classroom for, for something unbeknownst to you, sets you inside of their, their office and then starts to ask you some of the most intimate questions that you've probably ever been asked with allegations coming from a board of education member who used her position of power abusingly. I mean think about it. Teachers that have spent their lifetimes teaching inside of a classroom, educating kids, are pulled out, yanked out probably, have – Multiple staff people talking to them, investigating their, their teaching career, asking these, these, in, these questions that are probably, quite frankly, very alarming, and then the investigation turns up as zilch, nothing. And moreover, Jackie Fisher. Jackie Fisher is one of the most honest, committed, vibrant, and smart board members that I've ever had the pleasure to know. I ran against Jackie in 2014, and Jackie and I did not always agree on the issues. And in the very beginning, Jackie and I, um, you know, our relationship started out um, a little rocky that, you know, it was uh, (laughs) – Jackie wasn't sure why I was running, but Jackie and I got to know each other fairly well on the campaign trail, and I just just really have a lot of respect for her. And she's committed – one of Washington County's best teachers. She worked in the school system for many, many years, over 30 years, and then retired and went to serve on the board. And Jackie's very smart. She's very detailed. And when I got to know Jackie, I just I got to know the real Jackie Fisher. And people, people can attest that uh, her character is unimpeachable. So then Karen Harshman makes these claims that Jackie Fisher is some, somehow a threat, a, 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 you know, a predator, a sexual predator of some kind to Washington County public school students. And so here's the backstory. When Jackie was 22 and a teacher, apparently she uh, – yeah, there's, there's a student, not her student, but there's a student that was 17 at the time, George, her husband. Uh, she – you know, and they they met and they got married. They got the blessings from both of their families, uh, and they they fell in love and they they married. And forty seven years later, one child later, they're still in that relationship. And so this is something that happened back in the sixties, the late sixties. And so why the hell would Karen Harshman bring this up now? Why would she bring this up? I can only think of a few reasons that she has a longstanding grudge against Jackie Fisher. She did it to embarrass her or did it to bring, I guess, public scrutiny to Jackie while she herself, Karen Harshman, is under similar scrutiny for her conduct, for her ongoing missteps, her outlandish comments. I mean, this is just a year. This is years in the making for Karen. So she calls out Jackie Fisher up upsets that apple cart. I mean, people knew about this. This is not a secret. You know, Jackie Fisher, this is not something that they even had any policy to dictate 
the circumstances back then. It wasn't illegal. Jackie Fisher broke no law. And she was 22, he was 17, and they both got legal permission, legal permission from their parents to marry. You know, Jackie wasn't you – know, there's no accusation that Jackie was fooling around with her student inside of a classroom or any of that nonsense. And, and look, if that did happen, and, and you know, it, it clearly didn't because I mean, she was asked these questions point blank, very tough questions. And Jackie even admitted in the article that maybe they should have waited, but that's nobody to judge. We're not we're, – we're no one to judge Jackie Fisher's life or situation, and I judge Jackie Fisher on the content of her character, the many successful years that she's had as a teacher in Washington County Public Schools, her record as a board member, and all the time that she has spent helping students, teaching English and journalism – and changing the lives of many people. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a, a personal anecdote. You know, Jackie Fisher has always been encouraging. Even when I was on the campaign trail and things got rough, Jackie would – I remember Jackie reaching out. She would email me and just you know, basically say, how's it going? You know, I know things are tough right now, and I don't know how this thing's going to go. And, of course, I lost that election, but uh, you know, it was just there's, – there's just genuine, raw – human decency with Jackie Fisher. And I mean that sincerely. And when Karen Harshman did what she did to Jackie, it really hit me hard. I got to tell you, it, it stung. I mean, it was like somebody did that to your grandmother, your own mother. I mean, that's how I see Jackie. I mean, I, you know, we're not, you know, <laughs> we're not that close, but I'm saying that I, I care about Jackie as a person. I care about her family and she means she means a lot to me because she's, uh, you know, in the latter half of the, le- the election in 2014, she she was very encouraging. And I would have had I been on the board, I would have loved to work with Jackie to learn from her to to sit alongside her and to be to be her colleague. And I just can't imagine the pain that Karen Harshman has caused Jackie Fisher, you know, in the last. In the last few days. And so Karen Harshman has not apologized and don't count on one. That's not her style. Karen Harshman doesn't apologize for anything. Um, now, the other issue at play is what happens next? Well, that's a good question. The allegations that Karen Harshman made were clearly false. She used her board of education position to carry out and enact a political grudge. That's evident. She upended the school system for a few days with these allegations. She refused to hand over the names to the superintendent when prompted. She took to social media, and if there were a serious threat, she 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 reneged on her contra- contractual, legal, ethical, and moral obligation. To report the names of said teachers who were, you know, according to Karen Harshman, you know, se- being se- sexual predators in the school system. And the question that everybody is asking in Washington County and elsewhere is, if she knew about these allegations from teachers inside the school system, why in God's name would this person, would Karen Harshman, not come forward? Why? Why would she not come forward? Why not immediately tell somebody? Why not immediately talk to the superintendent? So this is a serious problem. And so I wrote about on Friday night, Karen Harshman really has only two options moving forward. Because of her egregious misconduct, and this is – and trust me, this is going to get really bad quickly. Just just wait. And And – I, I know because I've I've had several conversations with people downstate about this, uh, a few attorneys as well, and they've you know they're viewing this through the prism of outside and they're looking at all the facts, of course. But you know Karen Harshman will be given the her due process, which is important because we have to to figure out all the facts. But Karen Harshman has. 
two plausible options, and the only outcomes uh, that will arise from this situation is one, that she resign, or two, the State Board of Education will remove her in effect from the Board of Education in Washington County. That's it. And you think I'm joking. I am dead serious. Please go to the State Board of Education's website and look for the precedent. And in, in fact, you can read a minor detail, uh, and you can look for the precedent, the legal precedent that lays out the, the case that she committed clear misconduct. And so there's a process that the State Board of Education has to go through, and I wouldn't be surprised that if it's already in action now at the local level, because Karen Harshman cannot, after this incident, be trusted. <laughs> she cannot be trusted to make decisions on behalf of teachers, students, 22,000 students in Washington County Public Schools. She cannot be trusted as, an, as, a, as a former educator and a person with a position of authority and power within the community. There's simply no way. And so she's got a major problem. I think she should resign. She's lost the trust of the community. I mean, there's so many people in Washington County that are calling on Mrs. Harshman to resign. So many people. And how really can she move on? How can she recover from this? Can she issue a public apology? Well, maybe. I mean, that would be a start. But she's in crisis mode, and when Karen Harshman, who is a bully and always has been a bully, when you back a bully's wall, when you, get, when, you, when you back a bully up against a wall, it's either fight or flight. And with Karen Harshman, it's a little bit of both. Um, Karen Harshman, when you push her up against a wall, she skicks and screams, and it's this, this like personality that she has that everybody else is wrong. Karen is always right. That the world is out to get Karen, that everybody else is wrong except for, you guessed it, Karen Harshman. And I don't know in what alternate reality that she's living in, but how could she possibly recover from this incident? How could she possibly walk back on the board on, what is it, November 3rd, the next business meeting, sit in her chair with a straight face, and continue on with the proceedings of the Board of Education. This is – I've never seen anything like this. And mark my words, the State Board of Education will remove her. There's no doubt. I have no doubt that the State Board of Education will remove her from her position for abject misconduct. This is a clear-cut black and white, and plus there's probably a few other issues at stake with Mrs. Harshman, but she will be removed. There's, I, and I don't know what is um, – I don't know what's going to happen in the next few days. There's a process to everything. She has owed that respective due process, and she will be able to, to make her case. But you know, she's, she's got a, a serious uphill battle, and this is all self-created. This is self-created because it, she's enacting a vengeance. She wanted to call out a Board of Education member in a horrible way. I mean this was a truly vengeful way to do it, to embarrass Jackie, to bring up something that happened 47 years ago, and to make a threat that Jackie Fisher is a – to make that god-awful threat that Jackie Fisher is somehow unqualified to serve as an elected Board of Education member. And if I were Jackie Fisher… I would find the best lawyer that I could possibly find and sue the shit out of Karen Harshman. Sue her. And I hate that because it sounds very Trumpian, but in this case, she would have a – she would have I – I believe if she spoke to a great lawyer, and there's many, and I can give her some names, you know, I would love to see Jackie Fisher take money out of Karen's pockets for being an asshole as she was. And I'm not kidding. I mean, this is a true. This is like this is evil stuff. And I don't mean to lay on the hyperbole. I don't mean to to get overly emotional. But what you know, someone like Karen Harshman tarnishing the reputation of someone like Jackie Fisher, 
who has spent her entire life doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. And then Karen Harshman wants to judge Jackie Fisher? I mean, and I'm not going to bring this up. And I'm not going to talk about this, but Karen Harshman has some own skeletons in her background that we all know about. I do. I do as well. But as it relates to the school system, there's some issues out there that depending on how this goes, moves forward, they may or may not be exposed. They may or may not be exposed, and I'll say that, and I'll keep it at that. And if you want to know more, you can reach me offline, and I'll explain it. If you want to be part of the show, call in at 646-716-5971. We're talking about Karen Harshman, who early last week made allegations that there are sexual predators within Washington County Public Schools, teachers, sexual predators, active teachers. And by the way, you have to check out Justin Harding's epic takedown of Mrs. Harshman. He never used her name, but he kind of referred to her indirectly, and it's something to see. And it was, you know, Justin Harding is not running again for re-election, and so there's a little bit of flexibility in that. And, you know, it's, it's so strange. You look at someone like Dottie Kroller, and she runs WC Parents. And Dottie ran for Board of Education back in 2010 and lost. And Dottie is very close with Mrs. Williams and Karen Harshman and Mike Gasford and Linda Murray, who's running for the Board of Education, and Stan Stauffer. And they all have this antipathy for Clayton Wilcox. And, you know, Dottie posts these negative articles on her Facebook page, her WC parents. And to her credit, she's amassed quite a following. I think it's like upwards of 6,000 people. But she has about 25 groupies who are consistent that harp on some of the majority people. And sometimes Dottie posts good things. But then any time that it, the issue relates to Wayne Ridenow or Donna Brightman – Justin Hardings or Clayton Wilcox, Dottie Gruller is right in the mix of it. And not once did she post anything about Karen Harshman because I know she's protecting her. And, you know, there's, I got to tell you, there's this guy out there, and I'm not sure if it's an authentic Facebook page or not, but I can promise you that it's not me. It's this guy named Ron Smith. And I, I've, of course, I've been accused of creating that, but uh, he's, apparently a school teacher and he is taking on Dottie Gruller in the system. And, you know, he's, he really hits them hard and he's made, you know, and look, it's not me, trust me, because if it were me, everybody knows me. I always put my name on it. Invariably, I put my name on it because I'm not afraid to voice my opinion, like it or not. And so it's definitely not me. I've been accused of, that I have multiple Facebook aliases. No, I have one, just one. And so – but Ron Smith calls out Dottie all the time, and it's quite funny because uh, <laughs> he just – I would just encourage you to read some of this stuff. It, it just kind of makes me laugh uh, because he's right on. But Dottie Gruller is, is so – as this Ron Smith guy says, he's so one-sided. It's, it's funny. It's just really funny, and it's true. Dottie Gruller is running this parents page, and at times she wants to talk about policy – but only when it benefits Karen Harshman or Melissa Williams, her chosen favorites. And so if you're re you know, and people take me with a grain of salt, and that's fine, I expect that. But if you if you're reading Donnie Groller's Facebook page, I just I do believe that people have the the mental capacity and the discernment to know that she has a severe slant. And you know, with Donnie, I've invited her to come on this show many times. And I would be, I would, it would be a totally softball interview. But Donnie is, she's a bit of a coward. She won't come on the show. She's afraid to talk to me, to talk about policy, to, her, to air out our differences. But instead, Donnie takes to Facebook, much like her ally and friend, Melissa Williams, and writes these passive aggressive diatribes, uh, Jeremades against me. And, uh, you know, they accuse me of hating teachers and all this nonsense. And I just want to say, Donnie, 
if you have a point to make and I have a forum, and this is a forum, this blog talk radio, it, it, we get a sizable listenership. If you want to talk about the issues, then let's have the debate. Let's have the intellectual debate. If you want to call in, call in. I've invited you multiple times to be part of this show, and we would have an honest-to-God, across-the-board discussion about issues. There would be no personal attacks, but I think we could have a serious conversation. I've met with Dottie. I've sat and watched her eat a cheeseburger before at the Dixie Diner. I mean, we, when I was running for Board of Education, we're not strangers. We've, we know each other. We used to be Facebook friends, but I've, I've called Mrs. Gruller out before. And I'll continue to do so because you know, she has – I believe she's amassed a following, but she's not always fair. She tries to – but, but the, the most interesting thing is she tries to be fair. She tries to operate under the guise of fairness, but she's never been fair. Let's, let's, let's be real here. Let's be real. And so you know, Dottie's protecting her friend. But I want to mention though, incidentally, that – Neil Becker and I have probably been on the opposite. Neil Becker is the, the Teachers Association, the Teachers Union in Washington County. It's president. Mr. Becker and I have been on the opposite end of issues. We have gone toe-to-toe, and you know, it's not always been polite, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't hate Neil Becker. I don't dislike him. I think he's probably a fundamentally decent person, a good family man. He and I attended the same church, but – he really, in an article in the Herald Mail, he would really come out. And this is the teachers' union who in once endorsed Karen Harshman in both of her elections. He has come out and just absolutely crushed her. And I wouldn't be surprised, knowing Karen Harshman like I know her, if she got on the phone and said, what are you doing? Oh, my God. You know, I'm sure she just called him up and just blasted Neil Becker. But good for him because – you know, as he mentioned, that one thing that the school system and the, the teachers association can universally agree on is the safety and security of students. And these allegations that Karen Harshman made just defy all logic. Nobody quite understands why she did what she did. She brought a lot of shame to herself, confusion, confusion. Imagine the parents calling up their school system the next day after they, knew, they learned that one of their board of education members elected in a position of power has made these allegations. And then what do you – as, as an administrator, how do you explain that your own board of education member even failed to come forward with these allegations immediately? I mean like within 24 hours, that she sat back and then went on some sort of Facebook rant among her friends – and still failed to report it. And why the hell would her friends let her get away with this on Facebook? Why didn't any of her friends – and we all saw the thread – say, you know, what are you doing? And then here's another little trinket that I want you to think about. Why the hell is Woody Spong, this disgraced old man that was – and I'm not <laughs> – this is nothing against his age, but I'm saying this, I guess, pejoratively. But why is this goofy – clown, Woody Spong, disgraced former acting commissioner who was soundly rejected by Governor Hogan, kicked out, resigned in disgrace, and just like go away. Why is he now getting involved? Does he really want to go there? Because I've had many off-the-record conversations with Mr. Spong's former teachers that worked for him, and I mean this is a guy who shared a racist meme. Went out and made an inappropriate – cornered Donna Brightman, the school board president, after a joint BOE and Washington County commissioners meeting and said you know, facts are comparable to whores, that if you get them on their back, they'll do anything. I mean this is just stuff you don't say, and you, know, you could chalk it up to, oh, Ryan, you know, you, the political correct, blah, blah. No, 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 no. As a professional who works in an environment with professionals each and every day, this is not – these are not words and comments that you would say in a professional environment. Donna Brightman is a professional, and of course people like the Republicans and political Republican hack Jerry DeWolf goes out and attacks Donna Brightman and creates this hate page against her and – you know, wants to see her defeated and then implicates me and says that I'm some liberal democratic 
hack and like Jerry, you are a clown. Get out of here. You're a goofball. Nobody takes you seriously. Okay. And I mean that. Like nobody takes you seriously. I I've been a Republican all my life. I'm dissatisfied with the direction of the Republican Party given that Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. We're going through a crisis. I'm a libertarian. I I I I would say that I uh, caucus with the Republicans, but I'm an equal opportunity offender. And so it's just a mess. Washington County politics are just weird. They're just weird. So, you know, that's the gist of it. So in conclusion on that, uh, you know, could Karen Harshman resign next week? Maybe. Let's hope so. Like if you're listening, Karen, I know you're not because I'm I'm sure you're probably figuring out your next social media tirade and uh, your next publicity stunt to bring shame and embarrassment to the Washington County school system. Uh, but why don't you just do us a favor, resign, step down. The commissioners will have an opportunity to replace you with someone who is infinitely more qualified. But if not, Karen, look, you're going to get removed by the State Board of Education. It's going to be an m- ugly and messy process. You're going to be embarrassed and you know, as much as you think you're going to go down with a fight, it's just going to end badly, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be another one of those incidents where the te- where people from around the state will look at Washington County and say, what is up with you people? What is up? So with that, I'll move on. Uh, recap of the third presidential debate. <laughs> what a what a show. What a show it was. Uh, you had Donald Trump's, you know, you're a nasty woman comment and bad hombres. Like, where did he pull that out of? Like, you know, and if you saw the Saturday Night Live skit last night, um, it, it was just, it was so funny. It was just so funny because uh, Alec Baldwin plays a great Trump and his facial expressions, his movements, the tone of his voice. It, it was just a great skit. But the third and final debate, look. Folks, this election is effectively over. Most of the polls, respective polls that have done – that have been conducted over the last uh, few weeks, few months, they show conclusively that Hillary Clinton is going to win this election. Maybe not in a landslide, but by five or six points, and my prediction is she'll get upwards of maybe 320 electoral votes, and Donald Trump will get – Somewhere between 180. But think about it. I mean, who would have thought at the beginning of this election that Georgia, Arizona, and now we learn that Texas could be a possible toss-up state according to RealClearPolitics.com? And it's like no, what, no matter what they throw at Hillary, she's sort of like she, – she's sort of Teflon, and I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton. There's no way I could vote for Hillary Clinton on policy on substance, but that doesn't subtract that she's not a smart person. And yes, the emails, uh, you know, you go down the list of all the Clinton stuff that the, the, that they've been thrown at her. It just doesn't stick. It's not going to stick this time. But had the Republicans wised up and decided to act like a bunch of adults and not carry out a very public temper tantrum – then perhaps they would have nominated somebody like, oh, gee, I don't know, Rand Paul, who is a one of the, the best Republicans out there now, who's an advocate for liber- liberty. <laughs> you know, Rand Paul would have been miles ahead of Donald Trump, who's a fake Republican, who's not a conservative. Even maybe Ted Cruz would have been ahead of Hillary Clinton. I don't know that, you know. And I probably could have I probably could have voted for Ted Cruz. I disagree with Ted Cruz's procedures, but he is a constitutionalist like I am. So, you know, maybe if there was a Kasich or a Rubio, hell, maybe even Jeb Bush. After Rand dropped out in New Hampshire, we were there up in New Hampshire during the presidential primary. Um. We went – I said, all right, who's, who can stop Trump? And people, you know, they make these funny memes up. They, I got a picture with – I think it was on February 6th of this year. I got a, I went to a – Kim and I went to a, a Clinton rally in Concord, New Hampshire, 
and we got a I got a picture with Hillary Clinton. And so she, you know, after the rally was over, she came down and I said, oh, secretary, can I get a picture with you? I thought it was funny. And I posted it and it sparked massive outrage amongst my Facebook friends. Oh, how could you do this? You're a, and they always go to this like this go to response. You're just a liberal. You're a liberal. How could you, you know, how could you not vote for Donald Trump? And I'm like, well, that's easy. Uh, he's a fake Republican. Uh, there's nothing conservative about him. He's weak on policy. His policy ideas that he does have are absolutely implausible and totally ridiculous. Um, and you know, I don't trust him to. And then, and then, if they can think of nothing else, they'll say, "Well, he's going to appoint conservative Supreme Court justices." Let's let's test that theory out. You know, let's let's really put that to the test. I, I don't believe that. I, I think Donald Trump is. Um, he sways with the wind. There's, you know, he osculates back and forth. Um, and it's true. I don't trust him with the nuclear codes. I don't at all. I think that this guy is a dangerous person. I don't discount the movement that people are frustrated with politics in our country, that they feel that the, the system is rigged against them. But Donald Trump is not the right person to be making the case that the system is rigged when it is he who himself took advantage of the rigged system and never before tried or attempted to fix the system. That dog just don't hunt. And what I really hate about this election is this – people have become so uncivil. You know, Let's have some policy discussions. Let's sit down and talk about the differences in you know, what makes a Republican or you know, what makes – what's the difference in policy? How are we going to, you know, in Trump's words, make this country great um, through the political process? And I just never pictured that Donald – it never seems like the – with with Trump that the system is about him. It's not it's it, I'm sorry, it's about him. It's never about what's best for the country. And you know, there's a lot of just BS and a lot of static and a lot of noise in between. And an issue that I care so passionately about, education, has been put on the back burner of this election. When have the candidates beyond just surface level had a serious sit down discussion about education policy? When have we heard Donald Trump say that he would consider abolishing the Federal Department of Education and return power back to the states? Now, in a speech on Friday – oh, I forget where he was. He might have been in Florida or Pennsylvania or one of the swing states. I just – I can't remember. And he said you know, he's, he wants to abolish Common Core. Fine. Okay. Um, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than the executive branch just – unilaterally abolishing Common Core. That's not how it's going to work. And then he wants to return control back into the hands of the, to the states, which that's something that I believe in. And it's happening, right? It's carrying out in Maryland. And I'm, a, I would say, a major supporter of Governor Larry Hogan. However, I'm kind of disappointed in the governor and, and his executive order to mandate that schools start after Labor Day. And he has said that his opponents and detractors that are speaking against this are wrong, that they're whining. And I just want to say, no, Governor, we're not whining. And there's a serious policy difference. You are effectively – yes, you have the, the mandate to do it. You have state authority, maybe, although that decision hasn't been yet carried out by the attorney general, so perhaps that it, it, it could change. But I guess – I mean, per, I, I'm assuming that he has the authority or else he wouldn't have done it. But people who you – know, I don't think that the state – the governor should enact an executive order. It should have been done legislatively to move all school start times after Labor Day. And the argument that they use is that it's going to spur economic growth. It's going to allow an extra um, you know, Maryland to, to bring in more revenue. And I just – I think that you, if we want to set our own calendar here in Montgomery County. Washington County wants to set its own calendar. Garrett County, and so I just think that that's that's an unfair argument. But I don't think that the criticisms are fair. That Governor Hogan is saying that well, we're just whining. No, we're not just whining. Um, it's something that you imposed through an executive order, and you're taking away local control and authority from local boards of education. But if it's state law, boards of education will be forced to follow it. And as you see in Washington County. Uh, with the calendar committee, Clayton Wilcox is already working with the state to 
uh, followed the the governor's um, his executive order. So national politics, you know, for the next 17, 16 days, we're going to see back and forth, probably some more WikiLeaks. That goofball James O'Keefe, who does those Project Veritas videos, is supposedly to release a new video tomorrow that is going to be the end all of Hillary Clinton's campaign. Give me a break. As, as Kate, what's her name, Kate McKinnon or something on Saturday Night Live who plays Hillary Clinton said, you know, she's made a steal. It's true. Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president of the United States. The polls are, are a collective sampling of the voter sentiment now. Millions of people have already early voted. Early voting in Maryland starts on Thursday of this week. But I think I'm going to wait until Election Day this year because I'm – I, I want to get back to doing that. I like the early vote, but I want to maintain the tradition of uh, – I like to uh, to early – I like to early vote, but I think I'm going to do it on – which is – I mean I early vote right down the road, so it's not a big deal. By the way, I don't know where Eric Beasley is tonight. I think he – he'd be tired. Eric's, Eric's very busy. He has uh, two very young children, so I don't think he could be with us tonight, but that's okay. If you want to call in, 646-716-5971, you're listening to – and minor detail. I'd love to hear from anybody that wants to talk about local issues, national issues. Uh, I'll get to the Washington Post. Uh, the Washington Post um, newspaper that I read every day, or try to at least, we get it delivered in hard copy format to our front door, along with the oh, the very liberal New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, which I love to read, but don't read enough of. Um, the Washington Post editorial board has endorsed yesterday they released it about 322 yesterday afternoon they endorsed Maryland congressman and soon to be state US state US senator Chris Van Hollen uh as well as CD6 John Delaney and CD8 Jamie Jamie Raskin so that was to be expected the posts they they typically but they did, in a surprising twist, endorse Barbara Comstock in Virginia's – I think it's the 10th congressional district. Yes, the 10th. So with that, I would have liked them – I would have liked if they endorsed Ami Hober in Maryland's 6th congressional district. We know it's going to be tough for any Republican to win, but if a Republican can win, it certainly is going to be Ami because she has the resources. She has the message, and let's face it, she is entirely more qualified than John Delaney, even though he's been a U.S. congressman and has done nothing. I mean the, the things that he has done has been pretty awful, including the Iran deal. And I want to tell you that yesterday it, it sort of really shocked me. In, 2000 and, in 2014, I know I just said John Delaney has done nothing, but um, when the choice was between John Delaney and Dan Bongino – I voted – Kim and I proudly casted our vote for John Delaney, and you know, okay, you could say it's the lesser of two evils, but you know, Dan Bongino narrowly lost to John Delaney, but I, I did vote for John Delaney in the last election. You know, Careful, everybody's going to call me a liberal, but there's no way that I would vote for Dan Bongino. I, I, I think he's dangerous. I think he's despicable. Um, he's much like Trump. I can't you – know, I used to work for Dan – and uh, we've had a falling out, and after I thought that we made up, uh, he continued to trash talk me, and I think he's just a, a, not a very nice guy, and that's the end of that. I'm glad he's in Florida. He just went on to, to lose really horribly, uh, or I should say bigly, um, and Florida's uh, one of the congressional districts down there, and he's now ventured into right-wing talk radio with a very limited audience, and Good for him, but he does the podcast. I'm sure I've, I've listened to it like once, and I'm sure he gets like hundreds of thousands of people. And um, good for him, you know. I I wish him the best. Uh, I, I wish that Dan is Dan, and he's he's gonna do his own thing. So I'm sure he would call me a loser and a and a hack or uh, an establishment type or some sort of inside the beltway elitist or a joke or a loser or some other pejorative that he would come up with on the spot um, that is inside of his very limited arsenal of insults. But that's fine. Dan is Dan. And 
Um, if he can make a living, um, you know, pretending to be Rush Limbaugh, then I, I applaud him for that. Everybody deserves to make a living and we can't take that away from anyone. But um, yeah, so Washington Post endorses candidates that I, I thought that we all knew Jamie Raskin is going to crush Dan Cox. I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Cox or if Jamie Raskin gets like 70% of the vote or more. So and it's not that Dan Cox is a bad guy because I really don't know him. I, mean, I, I can't even say I've met him, but my understanding is he's associated somehow with the Huffs and the Moonies and it's uh, he's full on embrace of Donald Trump. And when you, when you, when you embrace Trump and the district that he has, which, you know, is like T- Tacoma Park and a wide swath of Montgomery County, Silver Spring, Rockville, you know, you want to, you want to play to, uh, you know, you don't want to sacrifice your principles. Don't do that. But, you know, you don't want to b- embrace a guy who like Donald Trump is going to just lose in massive numbers in places like Montgomery County. You know, Dan Cox gave it a good run. Fine sort of interesting that he put some sort of like animal piss on the back of his signs to deter people from stealing them. Look, I get it. People have stolen my campaign signs and you want to do something creative to deter them. But it's just, to me, that just says I'm not a serious candidate, but he's the sacrificial lamb in the eighth congressional district. We're not, that's a district we're not going to get back. But, um, and I say we, I mean, Republicans, it's, it's a tough district. It's just, it's gerrymandered, but Maybe if we can control the congressional maps, that's why we have to get Larry Hogan reelected. So we can change around the congressional map and maybe we can pick up another seat like Maryland six congressional district. Um, and I'm hoping that Ami Hober pulls out a win, but I want to tell you real quick, a story I was at Kim and I took our kids to Potomac days yesterday. It's down in Potomac, Maryland, and we live in North Potomac. So it's like a 15 minute drive. And we parked uh, across the street, walked over in the Potomac Shopping Center, first stopped at Starbucks, and they're like remodeling the Starbucks there. And we wait, we, we're waiting in line. It's a mess. You don't want to go inside that Starbucks. So we walked across the street, and we, we walked over where to Ami Hober was standing, handing out her, um, her pamphlets with her husband, Mark. And we, we stopped to talk to Ami, picked up some stickers, and the kids just love Ami. They call her Miss Ami. And so we um, we stopped and talked to to Ami Hover, and then John Delaney is surrounded with all of his political aides, his campaign groupies, the toadies that work for him, and he's you should have seen him. It was just one of those things where, yeah, he he has this low cut shirt on, um, you know, Mr. Buff Bagwell himself, John Delaney, Congressman John Delaney. Walking down, chest popped out, looks like, you know, a professional wrestler walking up to the ring in the uh, WWE Raw. And he wouldn't even acknowledge his opponent, Ami Hobart. I'm standing right there, and we're just sort of watching this in real time. And I'm thinking, what's he going to do? What's he going to say? And, he, and, and Ami looked over, and she said, hey, John, how you doing? Hope, you know, that's, that was that was." Ex- and he goes, oh, hello, like that. I mean, what a classless thing to do, John. What a t- completely classless move. This is a guy that every that talks about bringing decency back into politics, being civil, bipartisan, and he wouldn't even walk over and acknowledge his opponent. And he did it so arrogantly and cocky. And I'm just really not impressed with that. You know, John Delaney is a multimillionaire. He's made millions. He went to Congress, and there's just not a mile out of humility. And I, I'm I'm really disappointed that this is my elected congressman won't even go up and acknowledge his opponent. I mean, he just did it so. It was just so nasty. And maybe that's just the tone of politics these days, and people don't do that. And but walking up as a gentleman, as he tries to parade himself as, I think you would just walk up and shake your opponent's hand. And stand next to her and acknowledge her and talk with her and say, you know, how's the, how's the campaign trail going? Good, good. You know, exchange the, um, the surface level proverbial pleasantries and just move on and, and smile. I mean, that's what, 
you know, you don't have to be rude. And John Mulaney was straight up rude. It was rude. And I was disappointed because that's not the, the John Delaney that I thought I knew. And I've met John several times and, and have had one-on-one interactions with him and even had the opportunity to, to interview him. And I just want to say this is, not, this is not good. And for a guy who desperately wants to be governor, and that's how he treats someone, especially his female opponent, and you could just see. I mean there is just – there's something underlying there that you – know, I don't want to be accusatory, but – it was just an interesting moment, and you know, shame on you, John Delaney. Shame on you. You should have walked up and shaken your opponent's hand and been the gentleman that you claim to be, but you didn't. You took the low road, and as your, you know, as Michelle Obama said during the Democratic National Convention, that when they go low, we go high, and that's important in politics. And I'm guilty of it many times, and I'm trying. I'm trying to be better. Not to take the low road. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes when people hit you with, you know, a hundred pound bag, you want to hit them back. And you know, Donald Trump, to his credit, he's sort of the king of that. When somebody hits Donald Trump, he he swings back and hits hard. But you know, I think he's in for I think he's in for a big surprise. Um, Cubs win. Cubs win. Harry Carey would be very happy that the Chicago Cubs, what since the first time since so like 1945, are going to the World Series. So. I am going to be rooting for the Cubs. And what, there's always these myths, right? So back in 2004, when my Boston Red Sox were in the World Series, they won. And then people sort of base whether what, whichever major league team, uh, um, you know, MLB team wins the World Series, ultimately goes on to predict who's going to win the presidential race. And, of course, I think it – and it had it right back in 2014 that people said if the Boston Red Sox win the 2004 World Series, George W. Bush would go on to win. And, of course, he did. He did win um, <laughs> that election, not by a lot, but he certainly did win. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that the Cubs do pull it out. Uh, Cleveland did beat my Red Sox, and my granddaddy is a, uh, is a Red Sox fan. And if you're listening tonight um, – you know, I'm not a – I guess I'm not as religious as I should be or maybe hope to be, but uh, my granddaddy's having – he's 91, Pap. Everybody knows him because I've talked about him ad nauseum, but he's suffering from some serious – I don't want to say serious problems, but he's suffering health problems. And it's – you know, when you're 91, your body stops functioning the way it should, but uh, I just ask if uh, you say a little prayer for my grandfather and that uh, – you hope that um, he gets better. So it's something that's in my life that is very worrisome, and I uh, want to make sure that my granddad is going to be okay. He's has a few health problems, but uh, I have no doubt that Pap will pull through and, and be just fine. Um, so weekend and a wrap. Let's see. Yesterday, like I said, we went to uh, – Went to Potomac Days and then hung out in the afternoon. Um, today, let's see, last night I watched Saturday Night Live. I always go to bed, like it's Saturday night. <laughs> I'm in bed by like 10. I know it's lame. I'm 30 years old. I'm in bed by 10. It's okay. Uh, today, we went over to Boggers in Carroll County, a great place if you want to take the kids for pumpkins. Great home-cooked meal. It's just one of those places that it's, a, it's like a Maryland staple. It's a landmark that everybody has to go to at least once in their life to get home-cooked food. Um, so we went there, got some pumpkins, came back, hung out a little bit, did some blogging, some blogging. And uh, now I'm just going to head off to bed, and hopefully this week will be a good one. So I appreciate you listening. Sorry that Eric couldn't be with us tonight, but uh, we're going to do our show every every Sunday night. 9 o'clock p.m. Read a minor detail.com in the next couple of weeks. We have some very interesting articles that we're going to run with. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to hopefully make some endorsements. Uh, not that anybody cares about our endorsements, but, uh, you know, maybe we won't. Who knows? Maybe I'll change my mind and not make any endorsements. But uh, we wanna, I do want to talk about the Hagerstown City Council race. Um, and the Frederick County Board of Education, as well as the Montgomery County Board of Education. So maybe we'll get that to that next week. Um, and 
we'll talk about some other statewide issues. But thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you want to make a comment, go to our Facebook page. Um, it's at a minor detail. And I will I will have this podcast uploaded pretty soon, maybe tomorrow morning. So everybody have a great week. My name is Ryan Miner. I write for a minor detail dot com. My colleague tonight was MIA, but that's okay. Eric Beasley, follow us at minordetail.com. And everybody have a happy and enjoyable week and make sure you get out and enjoy this very, very warm and pleasant um, fall weather. So God bless and good night.